Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Point 99 podcast. I hope you've all had a wonderful week since the last episode, whether you were training, eventing, or taking it easy. Talking of the last episode, and the question I put to you all, I'm pleased to say, well, it's gone down a treat. We'll be getting to that just before we welcome our guest for episode seven to the show, Sarah Homer, better known to many as Sarah underscore runs, but all in good time. Before we get to that, I want to cover something I usually say at the end of the show, as over the past few weeks, we've seen a steady increase in listener figures. Numbers have never been something that has driven the production or delivery of this specific podcast. As long as a couple of listeners are enjoying what they hear, then that's good enough for me. For anyone who may be tuning in or has tuned in for a recent guest and has enjoyed what they've heard, decided to stick around and join us once again, I appreciate your commitment. Those amongst the regular listeners should already know how much I appreciate the support, but if not, there we go. I really do appreciate you all. If you do enjoy the show, or any podcast for that matter, could I please ask you to consider dropping us a rating, a short review on your podcast listening platform of choice if it supports that sort of thing, or a follow on social media. And share doesn't do any harm either. These are all small things that can make a massive difference to each and every podcast that cost nothing other than maybe a few minutes of your day. That being said, I better get on with the show. First off, and as always, the Point 99 podcast is a running podcast created by runners for runners. If you're new to running or the podcast, we hope to have topics, discussions and guests that will help you along whatever path your journey is taking. For any seasoned runners or listeners, maybe some stories that will have you empathising with our experiences and predicaments. Whether it's lessons we've learned during our own journeys, embarrassing stories or heartstring pulling moments. We hope you'll stick with us while we try to share some good vibes, motivation and positivity and hopefully we can have a laugh along the way. It is shaping up to be a bit of a packed episode today but I'll do my best to try and cover as much as possible in a compact time frame if time isn't allowing. We'll see how we get on. First up and briefly on my own running. This week has been a lot better. I managed to drag my sorry self out for at least three runs last week and it set me up a treat for this week. I found a lot more motivation in getting out, even in the rainy freezing conditions, to finish the year on a high. It is difficult getting the head around the idea of going out in the pouring rain, especially when the temperatures are a little bit lower, but that's what it's all about. It's about mind over matter or matter over mind in that case, and just getting it done. So far, it's not the tally of mileage I was hoping for at the end of this year, especially as it approaches, but I do have to remind myself that I had a few injuries early on in the year, and that held me back just a little bit. So, I mean, I'm taking the positives. I'm now thinking about all the successes I've had this year. Mileage is just a 
It's just a number at the end of the day. It doesn't really mean anything. So hopefully I can just remember all the successes and focus less on self-pressure and more on all the good things that have happened. On to the community, however, and boy, have you guys been busy. There are a few too many people to maybe shout out for one of the main events I saw dominating the social stream over the weekend and the start of the week being the run-through event at Alton Towers. I was originally planned to drive down and take part myself in the half marathon distance and potentially have met a few of the what the fartlek lovelies, but various life's obstacles got in the way and stopped that from happening. Maybe next year I'll get down. We'll just have to wait and see, won't we? Hopefully anyone who was in attendance though had a great time all around. The photos certainly looked great with plenty of smiling faces, which we love to see. North of the border, and it was an equally busy affair with a couple of events across the country. I'll undoubtedly have missed someone or an event, but we will rattle through a few of the names and places to see if we can't give you all a pat on the back for this Friday morning. First up, we have the Newton Roadrunners 10km race, and we have two quite significant PBs to kick us off from Nicky Sheridan and Stuart Rowan, better known as Nick Knack Mara Runs and Stu Runs A Lot. It's been fantastic to follow Nikki's journey recently. She's had three weeks in a row of PBs and is going from strength to strength. And the same with Stuart. It was fantastic to see him wearing the Newton Roadrunner colours for the very first time. Definitely suits the black and yellow. But he's been giving it some serious distance in recently. I think he's got an event coming up. I can't say off the top of my head what that event is, but I'm sure we will find out very, very soon. But both of them, fantastic PBs. Big congratulations to you both. We also had Sam Eddington there. She got a PB for the year and the distance, which is, again, massive congratulations, Sam. Grant Kerr, Jace Wood, the Edinburgh runner, Elise X, 26.2, Thomas Stewart, TS runs, and Elise running diaries. They were all in attendance. As I say, undoubtedly have missed somebody or a few people as always, I apologise. Let me know if you want me to make any amendments there. From Newton Roadrunners events to a Newton Roadrunner themselves and the Davaway 50k and our friend Ryan Miller at Scottish underscore runner, who we shouted out at the end of last week's episode. Now, Ryan went and absolutely smashed the event and covered it in a few different videos along the way. He did have a roller coaster of emotions, but... Ultimately, he bagged himself the event distance and a cracker of a medal. But he was also joined by a previous guest of his at the event, Running Mum Leanne, who is one of the Brooks Run Free Run Happy crew. I think that's what it is, Run Happy crew. And also Helen.Running.Mum. We also had Gemma, this dietitian runs, I believe her name is. So it's been fantastic to see the content from those guys. I am thinking that might be a potential for next year it looks like a fantastic route and uh, yeah again we'll see what happens and see what other events I end up signing up for. Across the pond our lovely regular listeners TJ and Patrick were both in action as well at the Veterans Day 5 and the Rocky Run respectively. 
I believe that was Patrick's first event since Copenhagen. Could be wrong there. Pretty sure I am not, though. So it's great to see the lad back out getting it done once again and making strides after, unfortunately, having lost his run streak through a medical condition. Right, last week's question then and the response that you have been so fantastic with. What supplements do you take on a regular basis for your running or fitness lifestyle? We got a good mix of answers from the straightforward I know and those wishing to know a little bit more to boost their knowledge straight through to a bit of a list from a few other people. Kicking things off, we are going with the not specific to running DC Born to Run who takes vitamin B12 and D to supplement their plant-based lifestyle. That was, however, echoed by Curly Steph X's response with B12 vitamins, uh, multivitamins, vitamin D to support their vegan lifestyle and also from both of them to help their winter defence. Ben the Barefoot Daddy takes PAG stack. Uh, I had to check this one out and I'm pretty sure I got the correct thing. Ben, tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure from what I saw, it's a combination of natural extracts and multivitamins. And then finally, a few of the lists combined here. We had a mixture of folks coming back with omega-3, collagen, glycosamine, electrolyte tabs for hydration support and the nutrients that they contain, 369 oil, cordyceps, de-stress, ashwagandha, vitamin C and vitamin D. Not forgetting the additions that I had, the cracked black pepper, the turmeric and magnesium. It was great to hear that off the back of the question as well as prompted a few of the listeners to have a look at their own supplements and things that may help support their running and fitness. As with anything, however, if you are serious about getting into supplements or you have any questions, I'd always recommend speaking to a specialist or your doctor, especially if you're not quite sure what's best for you or what might actually benefit you or if you need to take it at all. Now on to this week's question before we get to the fabulous guest, Sarah Homer. So this week, I want to give you all the opportunity to shout one another out. Specifically, those in the community you don't scroll past or someone who you feel doesn't get enough of the attention or praise and you want to shine a spotlight on them. No matter your reason, you don't have to tell me your reason. I'll shout at the person and I will also shout you out while I am at it. But talking about shouting out inspirational figures from the community, let's get to this week's always inspirational guest. This lady is an absolute machine and a daily source of inspiration and motivation. She's had her trials along the way, but has come back stronger than ever, with personal best times dropping at every event she runs, which stand testament to that. It's an absolutely fantastic story that she's got. I fully encourage you to listen to it all. So let's hear from the last herself, Sarah Homer. My guest today is more than a little bit inspirational and being the humble, kind and caring person that she is, I know she'll wholeheartedly try and play that down. 
Inspirational is also perhaps an understatement. This lady is quite honestly something else entirely. Having been in a serious sledging accident in early 2020, this absolute wonder woman fought back to overcome broken ribs, scapula, fractured spine, punctured spleen, and the lungs to not only run again, but casually smash out the Glasgow to Edinburgh Ultra in under nine months. It doesn't stop there, however, as she's continued to go from strength to strength, demolishing personal bests after personal best and reaching the pinnacle of many runners' bucket list, a Boston qualifier and finisher medal. I've had a decent amount of help from good old Uncle Lee on this one, Control-Alt-Del-Uncle-Lee, for, for my, as my guest uh, was at a loss of what to include in her pre-interview biography. She's that humble, but let's get on with her chat and welcome the wonderfully amazing Sarah underscore runs Sarah Homer to the show. Did you like that intro, Sarah? You were right. That was just as embarrassing as you said it would be. I know you too well. I did like the chuckle there with the uh, with the Uncle Lee. I, know, I think that he's Uncle Lee to a lot of people. It's it? it's so. it's taking yeah it's taking uh, I think that nickname so um, he likes it at least. But uh, he'll at least um, <laughs> he'll um, have to check that he can change his Instagram handle though before we can make it official. You'll have to just have a second one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A second Instagram handle where he has photos of uh, himself and all of his uh, nieces and nephews. I know. Well, maybe they'll have like, you can only upload 10 photos. So I think he might be struggling. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd hope that we'd make the cut anyway. I, I would I would hope so too. I would hope <laughs> so too. And you've had a, a great week though? Um, yeah, been a pretty good week. So um it was two two weeks ago now that the Scottish half happened. So I have been not doing that much running for me, um, which always leaves me like pacing about a little bit. Um, so it's been a good week, but I think I've probably annoyed a lot of people in the process. I've been two weeks for when we're recording, nine weeks, <laughs> nine weeks prior for when it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> Is that everyone's going to like be seeing me in my next taper by this point, so it's probably still accurate. Um, I hope, <laughs> and you're, I hope... you're probably the opposite, aren't you? Because you're just in your taper now as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would hope if anyone is stewing from how rapid you've been recently, that they by nine weeks later <laughs> they've calmed down by then. I don't think anyone's going to be thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. By by the time this comes out, I might juggle. I might juggle some episodes around because I know um, one of the other guests that we've been speaking about before recording is less than happy with his recording. So um, maybe we'll juggle them around and give him some time to re-record. Um, so no, at the at the moment you're nine weeks nine weeks ahead, but it could be oh, it right. could be four. <laughs> Wait, so is that a Christmas episode? I think that that would be you know uh, I think that could make a Christmas special. <laughs> yes, it's close to actually. I have I have a little black book um, with everything in it now. Not a weird black book. Um, so you would this this would be the seventeenth of November, um, it? but it could be the twenty seventh of October at this rate because of um, a re-record um but no you've had a great week um and 
we've had a great run as well. I mean, we're going to get round to that, but you're still you're still flying high, still ecstatically. Um, still, still flying high, but um, in that way, well, I'm sure that you get it as well, where you're like, yeah, but I could do more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel good. It went well. I could do more <laughs> do, you, do you feel like it, it, it almost feels like it's not real like you didn't do it but at the same time like I could I could go even better than that yeah totally I mean um there's that part of you that thinks you know it wasn't so long ago that I would see someone who did like the time that I did mm-hmm. and think that that person they're they're not real you know they're they're one of the they're one of the ones who everyone looks up to but you never actually get there and then you see yourself doing that time and you're like oh wait that that actually was me and I did did do that time the 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 clock on the top of the the banner isn't lying to me um but at the same time you're like yeah but I got this far and if you know, I train at a slightly faster pace or I do this like slightly different thing or you just have that little bit more experience. You're like, yeah, do you know what? I could bring it down a little bit more and a little bit more. I think we're both we're both quite similar in the respect that when when we get a personal record, a personal best, we go through phases of getting in quite close succession. And I usually we're usually at the same sort of time as well. So it annoys, no, no, it annoys no, everybody. No, I get mine like you know, every four months, you get yours every four days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every four months I get a spell of maybe a week of, of every day getting a PB. Um, but I mean, I'll never, I don't think I'll ever be getting the sort of times that you're, you're getting, but then you're right. Like you see people that can run that speed and you're like, that doesn't look, that's, that's no way that, that that's, we're not in the matrix or something and someone's fiddling yeah. with the code. Well, I like, so, well, I don't want to jump ahead because I'm sure you've got kind of like a plan for what this <laughs> is. But like, I remember when I was doing my first half marathon and have, you've done the Edinburgh, Edinburgh half, have you? No, I've only done the full marathon twice. Well, it's kind of like the same, kind of like the same setup as the marathon. So you kind of like, you run effectively the first 10K and then from that point on, it's a there and back to the finish. And you're running along and you're like, you're dying. You're like, this is so hard. I can't believe that I've got to, like, I've done this first 10K and I've got to run the same distance again. And then you see someone who's like about to finish. And you're just like, (laughs) how? How has this person got legs that are twice as long as me? Is that what it is? Um, But no, they're just that fast. But like now it's kind of in that place where like obviously – I'm not in a position where I am one of those first, first people to finish, but there are loads of people that you see like coming the opposite direction. You're like, no, nah, that's, that's not who I am. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, and it's really I, cool. I know what you mean though. It's, I only, I've only just after the 10 K, the Baxter's 10 K and mm-hmm. like, where you I, I, it? yeah. Uh, finishing in the top a hundred and you, you can mm-hmm. see there's not that many people ahead of you. And especially you, you know the route, so you know that you can you can see the other side of the river when you're coming to yeah. the finish line, and you're just looking across and think, how how am I that far ahead of that number of people? And uh-huh. um, it doesn't it doesn't feel real, it really mm-hmm. doesn't. But I mean, that's a great place to start because no no better place to start than than with the, the first um, half marathon. Yeah, 
Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't realize it started at the same place as it finished. That was that's news to me. That's good. <laughs> but that was 2017. Uh, if, if Uncle Uncle Lee's numbers are correct, May 2017. I'm going to take a guess at, at yes. Like <laughs> I, this, this, I didn't really for me doing that half marathon was going to be like the last time I ever ran in my entire life. Yeah. So I didn't really record it as like what day it was. I've probably gone to the website, but I think it, I think 17, it was either 17 or 18, something like that is about spot on. And the time uh, he, he uh, I'm guessing he's done the, the, the proper research here. Cause he's got a time as well. Um, two hours, 15, which is fairly similar to what I was probably on my first half marathon, if not a lot quicker. Um, but mm-hmm. I mean, seeing as your last race was a half marathon as well, it's quite a sizable drop since then. So what what really struck you from first half marathon of I'm never running again to then continuing onwards? Um, so yeah, so I'm going to have to correctly, it was two hours 19. <laughs> those four minutes were probably the most painful four minutes of my life so I don't want them to be forgotten <laughs> um so well I, I don't know so like for me I've never really felt completely satisfied with where I've got to running I've, I've done so many promises to myself that I'm going to stop um so like the first time the first race that I ever did was a, a 10k and it was up the Pentland Hills which is a terrible idea and it was called the tough 10k why <laughs> why I decided to do a 10k called the tough 10k as my first race I'm not sure um but it was over the Pentland Hills and I think that was one hour 20 that that took for my first 10k race um and when I got back I was just completely dead. I think I slept for an hour from a 10K, um, which, you know, me and you will both know that that is about how long we take now for a, a nice, gentle 10K hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's how much recovery time I needed for it. And then after that, I think that I stopped running for maybe like three or four months. And then at that point, um like I wasn't feeling very good in myself just because I wasn't doing any exercise or something. And I kind of wanted a little bit of a motivator. And so I signed up for the Edinburgh half marathon because it's neck downhill. Great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I didn't have any training plan that I was following. I didn't know about the concept of a training plan um and completely just winged it as much as I could I was like I think um I was like right if I start off doing like one run a week that's 3k one that's 5k and one that's I think starting off at about 7k and then I add one kilometer every week then eventually I get to doing a half marathon so I did that I knew nothing about nutrition I think this is like one of my my favorite memories of training for the half marathon was that I had no idea what nutrition to do, but I knew that I wanted some motivation. Mm. So I was like, right, if I make it to 11K, I can have a cream egg. So <laughs> every time, 
<laughs> it certainly was. So like every time I was I was um, doing my long runs, I would take a cream egg with me. Like thank, <laughs> it was not a like a summer training because <laughs> that cream egg would have been everywhere. <laughs> that just makes me think of cool runnings and the egg. The the guy that always has the egg with them. <laughs> oh yeah, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine's better though. Cream egg definitely trumps. But um, you know, as advice to anyone listening to this podcast who is not a runner, a cream egg is really terrible, terrible nutrition <laughs> for a run. Unless maybe you're doing an ultra, in which case anything flies. Um so yeah, I knew like nothing about it and and took on this half marathon and it was just like the most awful, awful. <laughs> two hours 19 minutes of my life I think um the first 5k was maybe quite nice but after that I was just really really struggling um I got blisters that so like at the end well I didn't have any running shoes to start off with people say oh you can you know take up running you just put your shoes on out the door not if you do a half marathon make sure you get some shoes that are not going to give you blisters because at the end I went to the medical tent to get a plaster and took my shoe off and like the nurse screamed looking at the size. <laughs> it was horrendous. Um, but got through it. And then after that, I was like, never again, not going to do this again. Um, but at the time I was traveling for work quite a bit. And um, anyone who travels for it knows that it can be quite a lonely thing to do you know, sitting in hotel rooms with not much to do. So I think at that point I was started going out for like short runs, not nothing quite that long, mainly in London, and realised that it's quite a nice way to explore a city or, or just anywhere. Um, and just being able to take yourself wherever you want to go and not really be um, constrained that much. And then... I went to a really weird little town somewhere, um, which was, it was tiny. There was nothing to do, but there was a really beautiful river that was near it. And I went out and I just kept on going. Um, and I ended up doing a half marathon and actually not in too much different a time to what I did the Edinburgh half in. And I think at that point I was like, actually, this is nice. This is, this is enjoyable. This is what people kind of talk about when they say, oh, you should do running. It's like, it's really good for your mental health and a massive list of the positive things people will tell you. But I think that's the first time that I thought, actually, I can, I can exactly see where this is coming from. So did that continue then? Cause I obviously have, I have the first half marathon date and then the next date that I have on it is is your accident. So did did you continue then doing events between 2017 and 2020 or uh, was it just casual runs as and when, when you were traveling? Yes. So um, there was a, I think it was, <laughs> this, this feels very true of my personality and I'm very expected is that I did that half marathon and I think I went home and signed up for the Edinburgh full marathon. <laughs> <laughs> As you do, as everyone does, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I'm just scrolling back because I, I started my Instagram account after finishing that. So I can just find out what year that was. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think that was maybe 
Well, that was 2018, I think. So that, yeah, so Lee, Lee nailed it. It was 2017. Yeah, so 2017 for the half marathon. So if you signed up for the marathon, or if it was Edinburgh Marathon was your first one, that would have been the following year, would it? 2019. 2019 was my first marathon. 2019, right. Okay. okay. Yeah, so yeah, I signed up for that. And again, the training was incredibly haphazard. Did the cream eggs um, make another appearance? Oh, they definitely did. <laughs> but this time, not until kilometer 30. Yeah, I know. Um, oh, but that... So you you were telling me about your um, Port Louis trips. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I had a similar experience um, for my first marathon, but mine was a... Oh, this is terrible. Oh, this is so bad. So bad. So I've done all this training... Right. As everyone, you know, if you it would hope so, you would hope someone would trip. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then the weekend before my flatmate at the time, um, who is an absolute idiot. Drank. Well, we're not sure he either. It, either it was the touching of the dead adder or it was the drinking the water out the stream without um decontaminating it not sure which um but he got very sick very very sick couldn't keep anything down or it was going out the other end let's say um <laughs> and of those sounded like innuendos by the way touching the adder and <laughs> drinking <laughs> these were all his words i don't like to ask too many details about what he does uh. in his head. <laughs> <laughs> Um, mm. Do you know what? I wish it was innuendos because <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever forgive him for touching that adder. <laughs> um, but yeah, so lo and behold, by well, by the Thursday before, I think the marathon. This was a weird thing. The marathon um, was on um, the Saturday. It's just um, strange. Marathon, yeah, you marathon's usually yeah. the Sunday, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the Thursday I was well, I was down in Manchester traveling for work and <laughs> oh, it was so bad. I was in the middle of a meeting when suddenly the adder sickness caught me. <laughs> <laughs> and I just had to leg it from the meeting. Um and yeah, so I couldn't keep anything down for the Thursday or the Friday. Now, as you'll know yourself, being coming into the week before a marathon, that is when you should be eating as many carbs, as much pasta, pizza, anything that you can get your hands on. Mm -hmm. uh, you should be eating as much of that as you possibly can. Um, but instead, what I was doing was vomiting it up or lovely mm. <laughs> yeah oh, I, I knew that you wanted to hear all these details <laughs> honest honestly um, it, it would surprise you the number of dms that you get asking ask people who related stories or not normally vomit <laughs> stories but i mean it's gonna tick some boxes <laughs> um so yeah so that was my my first marriage i was on the on the morning of 
I thought I've not eaten in two days and, you know, I've not kept anything down. Am I going to do this? And I was like, do you know what? If you turn up to the start line, at least you've got that option. Yeah. So I turned up and um, I'd had, had breakfast that morning. That was good. <laughs> um, and then so I, I ran the marathon and my stomach was just bits the entire time. It was oh, no. it was horrific. But again, I think that um, as a trait of, I think, quite, a you know, pretty much any runner that has ever gone beyond what they they believe themselves capable of doing. There's a lot of determination. And I think that determination managed to get me around that marathon. And it was four and a half hours, which actually, like, when I think back to the poor, the trauma my stomach went through. <laughs> yeah. That's an incredible time because you would have been incredibly dehydrated as well. Yeah. Yeah. So dehydrated. You know, like when you get those pee charts, like mine was like <laughs> a, a stout beer kind of thing. It wasn't good. Anything darker than the iron brew, you know you're in bad territory. Oh, exactly. That's that honestly is that's that's over I think that's over average female marathon time as well. To, to, that? To, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen I've seen something recently and it's like the average female time, average male time is very close in that ballpark. So to do it, to be dehydrated, to be very ill and, and still get a four thirty for your first, that's incredible. It shows the power of the cream egg, I suppose. Power of the cream egg, I know. I really hope the Cadbury's hears this and they sponsor me. <laughs> you can hope. I, I can hope it too. <laughs> yeah. um, so that that's 2019. Um, that would have been then May 2019. You may have had a couple of smaller races. I doubt you would have had another marathon before um, their beauty of 2020. I've just figured it out. I've just figured it out. So, um, right, okay, so... Lee was right. First half was 2017. Yeah. First marathon was 2018. Okay. I didn't make my Instagram 20 after my first marathon. 2019, I did another one, and that's when I made it. There we go. I've got it. <laughs> so there was two, two marathons. Wow. Were they both Edinburgh marathons? Both Edinburgh marathon because, and this is very important, I didn't have to get up that early for them. <laughs> you can draw that a bit just exactly. go the start time. yeah helps it does help as a motivator doesn't it it does it really does um and so, yeah, sort this helps. flying to another country <laughs> i don't know you can tell you can tell us next week whether you still think that <laughs> i know you've experienced that I, this will be my first international mm. unless unless i count the going south of um, the Highlands to go international. Um, but no, February, February 2020 came around and like I kind of alluded to or quite um, mentioned most of it in the introduction, you had quite a significant accident, um, which was to the point where you'd, you'd broken your ribs, you'd broken your scapula, you'd fractured your spine, you'd punctured your spleen and your lungs. Um mm -hmm. But then to then also not not kind of gloss over that, but then to go nine months later to mm -hmm. running, uh, not only running, but completing an ultra and not just any ultra. At this point, we've had three guests or potentially two guests, depending on how the re-record goes. 
who had <laughs> done the Glasgow to Edinburgh and have not had very nice things to say about it. It's pretty oh, well, tough. So how did how did you do that? How how is that even physically possible? Um wow. Uh, Don't say cream eggs. <laughs> I had I have to say my nutrition has moved on since the cream egg. Um I like to call it like the cream egg period of my life. <laughs> um so well, so when I had my accident, obviously I was very broken woman yeah and I think that like I've, I've thought about this and like an awful lot actually um just on a personal level is I think for me that was like a real motivator in terms of taking things for granted because I think that like a lot of people they're, they're quite happy to say it they think you know we take our health for granted but at that point, I think having that accident made me think, actually, you know, um, sort of just after the accident happened, as in like in the immediate aftermath of it, you know, I was lying on the floor in the snow and I'd, well, I'd blacked out and then I came around and the one of the first things I did was try and wiggle my toes. And when I wiggled my toes, I thought, thank fuck I'm not paralyzed yeah but it could have gone like it, you know if I'd you know hit um the, the thing that would sort of caused all the damage um at a slightly different angle if I'd been going slightly faster you know there's so many variables that that could have been a very very different outcome yeah. and I think that at that point I was like never never take your health for granted never assume that tomorrow you're going to be able to do that run that you've got on your training plan or something like that or you know got all these big dreams of things that we'd like to do and that is not always going to happen so make the most of the opportunities that you do have and I think for me that was the you know I'm so lucky I'm so lucky that I am able to walk that I don't need any support for for breathing or living um make the most of that see what you can do see where you your body can take you um and obviously it was also the year of the pandemic which we're all very familiar with um and so it was also quite um a nice opportunity to be able to get outside and actually just be be able to be out for as long as possible so the two things kind of came hand in hand um so yeah how long did you spend in hospital and um, so I was in intensive care for a week. Um, and then after that, I had to hang around this. <laughs> I'm going to say this and it sounds really weird to say I had to hang around in France for a while <laughs> 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 because, well, so the accident happened in France and because of the punctured lung, I couldn't fly. Yeah. So I had to, you know, go through all of these things with the medical um insurance and stuff them trying to figure out how for me to get home um but yeah so it was a like awful awful first week in hospital but then after that I did recover very quickly for given the injuries I had and the physio and the doctors think that it's actually because of the running that I've been doing beforehand that meant that my my body was kind of used to recovering much quicker than you know yeah then if you didn't have that yeah yeah 
yeah so that was that was pretty cool and I was like yay running <laughs> <laughs> so that must have been then to have to have them say that that must have then also as well as your mental resilience of knowing well at least I at least I'm not paralyzed um like you could have gone yeah. so much so much worse to then decide you're going to run an ultra um mm-hmm. but not, not only run an ultra but nine months after the accident but then you you take off the time for rehabilitation for recovery and Mm -hmm. we both know that a normal marathon sort of training program is about 16 weeks if you're normal and not a straight not a weirdo like me um (laughs) so then you've got ultra training is is a lot longer Uh, how how? just that's mind-blowing that you you can do that so i think what was it actually so i think it was a month maybe it was a month before I could do anything other than walk and then it was maybe um maybe there was a month where I was starting to be able to get back I wasn't allowed to run or anything because because of the broken back I couldn't Mm -hmm. put any weight I couldn't do anything weight bearing um but I was signed off work and so like all normal people I was like oh uh, time to go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I used like the sitting bikes and stuff just to kind of get that base fitness back. And then there was a lot of like run walking um, for that must have been maybe another month. But I think that it's one of these things where you you do have to go through pain to improve. But I think that the sort of that that mental motivation kind of really helped in that that it was kind of like it it was more than just going out for a run and just going out for this long distance it was you know proving something and um yeah just try just just being like I can do this this is great I want more I want more you know (laughs) and had had you signed up for Glasgow to Edinburgh quite soon after the accident as something to aim towards um Actually, no. So um, because it was the pandemic year, um, I was originally just looking for a marathon to sign up to, um, but everything was getting cancelled. So I was like, what is going to have very few people signing up to it? An ultra marathon from Glasgow to Edinburgh. No one's going to want to do that. Um, So I think I signed up to it maybe... I think it might have been June or something like that because I thought, oh, maybe by October, like it's likely to actually go ahead because that I think yeah it was well it's just happened for this year so I think it must have been about the same time then. So that would have um, been that would have been sixteen weeks then around about sixteen weeks. Sixteen weeks, yeah. Wow. Crazy. When you put it like that, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is because like any ultra runner will will, will testify that sixteen weeks is is maybe not enough time to be training for an ultra but you did it you you you, uh you got yourself over to glasgow in the early hours and and got back back to edinburgh um and got fun things about it was that it was (laughs) cancelled um so there wasn't actually the event on um you know so the cons were definitely there was going to be no support on course um there would be no one else to really run with. The positives was that I got to stay in bed for about three hours longer. So, you know, <laughs> well, 
<laughs> they still give you a, a medal though if no, you've no. done it so you don't even have that massive like plate size dinner plate size medal um well my my flatmate um she knitted me a medal oh <laughs> which was very cute um some might say uh, that's better <laughs> they might do but i have right i have to tell you this story right because when we're talking about like inspirational people so there was a couple of people that i met on the course who had decided to sign up well who'd signed up and decided to do it anyway so i wasn't the only person who was out there on the day doing it and i was running along and there was this this guy who was kind of like um for what without wanting to sort of slag him off in any way he didn't look like he was finding running easy and we were about 30 kilometers in or something like that um but i saw him and he had a, a big backpack on and he um, had what looked like a race number on his shorts. So because I, I put my race number on as well and I was like, I was eyeing him up and I was like, I think that he's, I think that he's doing this as well. So I kind of like ran up to him, like trying to like look around a bit slyly. So it wasn't too obvious that I was trying to like eye up that number and see if it's in Glasgow to Edinburgh. Ultra. <laughs> but right enough, there it did. And I was like, oh, so you're doing this too. And he was like, yeah, well, you know, I've done it for the last 10 years and um, then I had to skip it because I've, I've just had a hip replacement, but I thought this year I'm going to do it. And so this guy, not only having done it so many times, but he, one year before, had had a hip replacement and he was still about to run it. And I just thought that is mental. That is so cool that he was there to do that. That, that is inspirational, but I would still say that your 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 like your, your long list of injuries <laughs> it maybe surpasses uh, a hip replacement a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. But that's like I mean, it's still no still no um, still no hundred meter sprint to to overcome uh, a replacement mm -hmm. like that as well, and still mm -hmm. smash out a, a casual Glasgow to Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna flash forward now though because. You've not really done, you've not really been focusing on ultras so much since then, have you? Have you done any more before we had to jump onto like marathons um, again? Yeah, so I got a bit put off by the ultras, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I did um, not getting a medal, was that, was that enough to put you off? That was it, that was it. Um, so I see like um, a lot of people online, you'll see yourself, they're really into ultras and I find that really, really great that they do enjoy it but for me i found i didn't enjoy the training for an ultra yeah. i thought that it was it was too much of my life to be honest um i love running but i don't want to be defined by it and i found that d training for an ultra requires you to um and i have done another one since because you know, I'm seeing all the people out there enjoying it, and I'm like, I want to, you know, I'd love to be able to enjoy that too, but um, I don't think it's for me, to be honest. It's not in your, it's not in your Instagram handle. So I mean, we all we all know that Instagrammers that have it in their handles are serious about it. Right, exactly. If you ever see that change, we can do another recording of the podcast. <laughs> if that ever changes, Sarah, I'll send help. <laughs> send help. Um, so we're flash forward though, because this is a, this is a good opportunity. Um, Bob Burrell, the Kilsyth runner, he he's he's had a suggestion of things to tackle with, like what what you would class you would class yourself as an everyday runner as well. 
um, mm-hmm. and it's how you improve. Um, so my my next significant milestone on your list, but you've been you would have been doing training and marathons and uh, half marathons, ten k's in between twenty twenty mm-hmm. and then twenty twenty two. Mm-hmm. which is where 2022 is your Edinburgh Marathon, where you achieved your Boston qualifier time. I know that I'm have to tell you that. Um, <laughs> but you got your Boston qualifier time. And something that Bob mentioned was working or at least speaking to real everyday runners and finding out how they've progressed and how they've got faster. So mm-hmm. from... Marathon one and two, and then having done ultra and all the recovery, how did you then up your game to progress to what is um, a, a not not an insignificant qualifier time to to achieve? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> many many years of consistent effort. I think is probably <laughs> one of the key ones. Um, I think. Um, you know, one of the things that you maybe don't have in your list from Lee is all of the times I failed to get a Boston qualifier. We're not going to um, talk about them. Well, but I think that that's, <laughs> you know, they're, they're important too, aren't they? Because yeah, they are. They are. They're, they're the ones where you've put in the effort and you don't get the goal and you've got a choice at that point, don't you? You can say, well, I'm not good enough or you mm. can say, well, I'm not good enough now. Let's try again. Let's go again. Um, let's see what we've learned from this training block and how we can change it the next time. Um, how, how close had you got prior to Ed, the Edinburgh effort? Two minutes, Steve. Two, two minutes. minutes. Oh. Two minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, but it was, I guess it was a little bit brutal because, you know, a marathon training block is. For many people, 16 weeks it was for me. <laughs> 16 weeks for two minutes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But to, 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 to achieve two minutes, having spoken with uh, Omar, uh, to, to, so he, he didn't get his, he was so close to getting his, his I think it was mm-hmm. sub three. Um, but like he said, to get that two minutes over that length of distance, it's still a lot of effort to put in to get that two minutes down. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't it didn't scare you off it just by the sounds of it drove you to 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 push even even harder still yeah it's like it's it's within reach you know that you're you're capable and so many things happen on the day of a race don't they you know yourself sometimes you want to shit yourself <laughs> sometimes the courses <laughs> we all believe a little bit longer than they say it is <laughs> and sometimes the heat in edinburgh is tropical I know, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a bit of that. So, like, there's so many factors. And um, I guess you're saying kind of what's what's the everyday runner do to improve. I think that one of the things is not being scared to be in pain. Mm-hmm. And that sounds a bit weird, but I think for me, when I started training – the idea of getting my heart rate high was terrifying, right? It doesn't feel good. You feel sometimes nauseous, your heart's racing, you're sweating. You're putting yourself in an uncomfortable position out of choice. Yeah. That's mental. Um, <laughs> but, you know, realising that you can do that and you're not actually going to die is, I think, for me, was quite an important realisation that you can do that. And I guess that's kind of one of the things is 
I try and remember when I am like crying as I do intervals. <laughs> but you brought in you brought in intervals and um, speed sessions and, and all the kind of stuff that is recommended. Um, yes. Yeah, so I mean, I, I really really could talk about this for probably a very long time, Steve. You you let me know when to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I think that um, I'm quite a big fan of this 60, is it, oh, I'm going to get this wrong now, aren't I? Is it 80, 80, 80, 20 or 60, 40, but I mean, either way works. But basic, the, the main bit being that um, the majority of your running is done at a really slow pace mm -hmm. and what whatever slow means for you. Um, and then the rest of it, you're absolutely beast in it. Um, but I think that made a very big difference because it means like it means that you are able to put in that effort for the hard bit because you're allowing yourself to recover. And I think that it's important kind of if you're taking up one of these training styles and there are different ones out there, but this is the one that works for me is that you understand why you're doing each of your training sessions so you can commit to it. So things like when you're doing your easy run, it is very hard to actually easy run if you, you don't understand what the purpose is because you're like, well, I could go faster. <laughs> or you see someone and you're like, oh, I don't want to look like a slow runner. Yeah. Um, but if you're like, oh, I'm doing a slow run because I'm letting myself work harder for that hard run, then it actually makes it like it makes sense and you're like yes i can take this one easy and actually that's the thing that's going to make me go faster and i understand why that's happening so i think that not only choosing a style of training plan to follow but understanding what the purpose in all of those different aspects is and so you're able to follow them that really does come with experience doesn't it because i think I've mm. certainly been in that position where i've said i've gone for an easy run and i've got a pb but that was uh -huh. Uh -huh. That, that was Steve where <laughs> it was not an I didn't have an understanding of what an easy run really was so I was just going out for a run oh, and you like you say, you'd do that PB again wouldn't you I would it's been blown out of the water by probably significantly now because I've started doing it correctly where you go long and slow and then you do short and quick yeah yeah and it does help a massive amount and it, it probably sounds a bit preachy when when we talk about that side of things to anyone that's maybe not as experienced or hasn't gone through as many marathons as as, as you have now or as I'm working towards to go oh, it maybe just works for them but I'm just going to do me it does yeah. help it helps a lot I mean yeah. I think you know like if anyone's doubting it try it for try it for one training block and if you don't like it still, then fair enough. But I would be very shocked if, if it didn't work out for you. Yeah. Go back to sprinting a last, an easy session. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, you achieved your, um, and as, I, as I got there as well, the heat of 2020 at Edinburgh Marathon was not um, cold. It was mm -hmm. very warm. It was very unpleasant. Um, oh, it wasn't, oh, I'm getting... Flashbacks, <laughs> but brutal and getting a Boston qualifier as well, where at maybe another event in autumn, it would have been potentially easier to achieve. You did it in, in probably one of the hottest temperatures Edinburgh Marathons had. Mm -hmm. 
And I think your race photos kind of show how happy you were. <laughs> I wanted to die with joy. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> but then not only that, the same year you went to the London Marathon. And mm. was it even faster still or was it, was it on par with Edinburgh? I think it was like bang on. Um, I think the London Marathon was interesting because I, well, I was actually, I was in training for that second, the second ultra that I was doing, which um, this is, this is when on a whim, I was like, oh, maybe ultras actually are fun. Mm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Nobody ever. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone knows that ultras are just an excuse for a picnic and there's nothing else for it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so London Marathon um, was, I signed up because with, uh, my Boston qualifier I also had a good for age with London yeah um and anyone who's ever entered the ballot for London will know how hard it is to get a place in London so I was like do you know what I may never be this fast again I'm gonna do it um so and you did you did do it I did and it was terrible Steve I was not in a position to do a good pace in London like Normally, well, we've talked about this, I think it was before you started recording about like um, carb loading and good nutrition <laughs> and make sure you practice, you know, practice what you're running. Um, is I was like, I don't, you know, I don't really care. I'm here for fun. I'm not here to, you know, do anything. I've got my Boston qualifier. Um, so like the day before, like I was having some drinks I went, I had a curry, I had a curry, which is like the worst thing that anyone would <laughs> ever suggest to you. A really spicy curry. Um, I went to bed late. Um, I hadn't planned what I was like, I hadn't planned my stuff out for the next day. Like I did, to, for all intents and purposes, everything wrong. But I think that the pressure was gone. The pressure for, for Boston that I put on myself, like it was all self-inflicted pressure, but that was all gone. And I was like, I'm going to have the best time. I'm going to enjoy it. And like, right enough, um, got there and just like, I went out and I was like, I feel good. I feel really good. Well, I might as well give it a go. Like, let's see what happens. And anyone that, well, I think anyone that you've had on the the podcast before that has talked about it, they'll say how great the crowds are in London. So like, in, (laughs) um, like in Edinburgh, you you have people who are cheering at the end, right? In London, it's like people deep the whole way around. I've never experienced anything like it. Anyone has a chance to do London Marathon. I really think it was like one of the best marathon experiences I've ever had. Um, and I think that, yeah, the crowds, the crowds, the lack of pressure, it was just brilliant. I mean, not to poo-poo Edinburgh, but you're right. After, after maybe the start and the midpoint, it is other than the other runners it's what are people because there's this non-existent and then Mm -hmm. everyone does say how much the party vibe the atmosphere the carnival nature of london carries you it's it's almost like that um i'm not big on football so i can't tell you how many players there are but it's it's like the the 12th player isn't it the the the, the crowd or the the extra man on the field can lift you up and and help you to to achieve crazy Mm -hmm. things yeah 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 it's yeah it's really it's a very very cool um city to run in it's great people 
um it's very well organized so you know steve when you get your your (laughs) age um at amsterdam you can sign up too i hope nobody's getting their hopes up with this i'm certainly trying not to (laughs) (laughs) again this will be so far in the future this point everyone will know that i could yeah i could i'm not gonna (laughs) i I hate editing um your london time was from again this is from uncle lee three hours and 27 minutes Mm -hmm. having done everything wrong on the lead up to it in in respect to the night before and and the morning of Mm -hmm. yeah it was that's depressing Sarah (laughs) it was (laughs) it was uh I felt do you know what I felt really jamming I was like I don't deserve that (laughs) the crowd the crowd has a lot to play has a lot there they definitely do they definitely do and it's really it was really cool actually there's one bit where like because it's London Marathon right so you've got like the proper elites like again I'm not pooing anyone from Edinburgh Marathon and I would absolutely die to have their like two hours or you know, whatever winning time but in London you're getting the ones who are finishing in like two hours ten aren't you yeah. you get to see them running and that's so cool the insanely quick whippets of, mm-hmm. of the people. But mm-hmm. I mean, as of today, the, the the men's record has been broken at Chicago. Has um, it? It has, oh, yeah. yes. It's down to oh. like, now, without checking my phone, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's like two hours and 24 what? seconds now. Was it? Who was yeah. it? Um, oh, now I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to yeah. look this up now. Uh, I got sent it just before we hit record. It was, yeah, so two hours and 35 seconds. <gasps> and he's only 20. is no longer the, the world record holder. That's nuts. <gasps> yeah, that's crazy. And the female record was, it, it was only just broken at what, um, Berlin just a few weeks ago. And yeah. it wasn't broken today, but it was the second fastest female time of all time. It's insane, isn't it? That's when I'm when I'm talking about things not seeming like they're real. When a normal yeah. person talks about marathon running and the pace that they have to run to achieve that end goal, it's not mm-hmm. just superhuman. It's 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 beyond that. I don't know what the the correct phrase would be, but it is like someone's gone in and changed the source code. It's just. It's, yeah. Well, I just think, like, yeah, so I can't remember what was your first marathon was like, was it fourth? I've forgotten. (laughs) Was it five? The the time when I came across the line was 4.31 and I was disappointed by the one minute. But then in reality, because um, I hadn't waited for my time to come in on the phone, it was 4.29, yeah. Was it? That's hilarious. Oh, um, what a like, Yeah, okay, so that's pretty much bang on what my first marathon was as well. And you're thinking, these people could run two of a two yes. marathons that time. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh. Um, even even my half marathon time is uh, is is not too far off what they're running a full marathon in, and it's crazy. It's so yeah. insane. Um, but you are getting you're getting up there yourself because we flash forward then to to, to Boston in April of of 2023, and to not only get to Boston with your Boston qualifier, um, am I right in thinking this is still your PB? You haven't broken it since. Yeah, 
spot yeah. on. So it's three hours, 24 minutes and 16 seconds because the 16 seconds make all the difference. They certainly do. <laughs> How was it? It was, well, um, the city was mental. It was like nothing I've experienced before. So I think like when I'm telling people about it, the, the bit that I remember is what the city was like. So um, like when you land on the plane, from the plane, like all of the screens that you have in the airport that normally are like, oh, you could get a Greg sausage roll. Um, they're like, welcome marathon runners. Um, so like even from when you land, it's about the marathon. And then there's like the city is just covered in banners for the marathon. There's churches that are doing prayer services for the marathon runners. Um, like the whole city is a party for the marathon. Mm. They've got, um, so it is a national holiday, but they call it like Marathon Monday. Um, they've got like a TV channel to talk about like the weather forecast for the marathon, <laughs> which is insane because when you do the Edinburgh marathon, the only reason, like, unless you're a runner, the only reason you know it's happening is because you're trying to drive down a road and it says it's shut. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's closed and you're like, how inconsiderate is it? They're closing this road. Well, no, but this is like, everyone's out there cheering. So there's like um, the, some people that I, like like a company that I work with that is based in Boston um, and they found out that I was running the marathon and they were like, we all go out to cheer and none of them are runners. They're all there to celebrate, which is really like, it's so cool that there's a city that is that enthusiastic. Um, for is, the, is, is, do you think that's because they all have a day off and they're all bladdered though? Uh, yeah, well, you know what? Like, I would be into running too. <laughs> Americans are very, very passionate about sport generally and getting behind people, um, whether whether they're into that sport themselves or not. Though, but then other people have said have either done Boston or New York or uh, Chicago. It doesn't still feel quite similar to London, does it? It's 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 a party, but it's not a party in the same respect. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, without, like, I feel I want to be the person who says Boston was the best experience of my life, but it wasn't. London, like, London was the best running because there are people on the course, but for the most part, they've condensed in two places. One is at the finish, and one is at the, I think it's the Wel Welmsy Scream Tunnel, which I didn't realize wasn't actually a tunnel. Um, I was like running along the course, like waiting to go through this tunnel and there was no tunnel. There was just people screaming at me. So it's like Edinburgh, but in a much bigger, grander scale of here's some people and here's some people. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much like it was better than Edinburgh. You'll know yourself that Edinburgh yeah. has got like a long, long way to go where you're not running with anyone. But yeah, um, yeah. the the difference was that because it's America, it's straight. So you can see how far <laughs> a marathon is. is. Is that, we? I had this discussion with, I can't remember, uh, just the other day. And uh, that was something that maybe puts me off slightly as, as Maybe it was Patrick actually, and it was 
running in a, running in a, a Mars in America because of the grid systems and because of the, the way that they are, that mm-hmm. to me would be torturous knowing that you've got this whole avenue to run and you have to yeah. add an odd turn or something so you don't go insane of, I've got that, mm-hmm. how far to go? Oh, and just wait until you get to a hill where you, you can see the hill coming because of like... <laughs> going up and you're just like you're going and you're like I know that I'm about to hit that whereas at least like in Scotland you like it's hidden from the trees and things what's that Leonardo DiCaprio film uh, Inception that's as soon as you oh, said they're running up a hill I'm thinking Inception yeah. is it like that <laughs> <laughs> but to have that as your PB could you realistically see yourself going faster? It's like you, like you said, you can always feel like I can do more. I can, I can beat that. Do you feel you can go faster still? I think so. So like at the moment I'm focusing on the half marathon, but mm-hmm. realistically that's with like the overall goal of improving the marathon. Um, I think a sub three fifteen probably is in me, but you know, at at the moment, that feels like a pipe dream, but a sub three thirty was once a pipe dream, wasn't it? Like- exactly. You've got you've got that experience now for training purposes. It then comes down to the rest of it, which is again not not a small percentage of having the right conditions on the day, feeling mm. feeling yourself on the day as well. Um, mm. There could be a whole multitude of of things that could slightly damage that that goal. Um, mm. It's just picking the right place to do it. Yeah, you tell me if Amsterdam's the one. (laughs) (laughs) The the, the digest I got from Amsterdam last year from my brother ran it was, it's great, it's a flat route, but every little bridge feels like a mountain. Oh, Um, I reckon that's because you're going faster overall because it is so flat that you're just like... Well, I'm not not sure. I will, I'll I'll, I'll let you know since I've done it. Um, I am in some respects the flat... And the flatness of it is scaring me because I'm used to running with elevation. I'm used to running with hills. I'm used to having something to break up the monotony of a flat course. Yeah. Um, Edinburgh has got a bit of downhill. It's got, it's got a lot of flat, but it does have some undulations. Loch Ness had a lot of undulations, a lot of downhill, but a lot of uphill. Um, so this will be my first proper like flat, uh, flat marathon where you could really say it's going to be a mental struggle Sure, I might yeah. have the physicality of being able to do well in advance mm-hmm. of what my aim is, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's getting the right location. And as much as Loch Ness has its ups and downs, it is a very fast course as well. So yeah. I know that I could run faster at Loch Ness. So I hope by this point uh, we'll know, but I hope by the, uh, yeah. that that I can run faster uh, than than I. Uh, aiming to in in Amsterdam I guess at least you know with a flat course you can get a pacing strategy a little bit easier because you're not having to be like right okay so how much effort is a hill in comparison to like how much time it's gonna win or lose me so that's it if I get in a nice momentum and and just continue at that pace yeah 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 Yeah. um 
So then, yeah, like you say, then you're focusing on half marathons. Now, this is where Uncle Lee's timings finished because he had your PB down as May uh, this year at the Edinburgh Half Marathon, which was a very, very good time. But you have since beaten it, beaten it very recently at the Scottish Half Marathon, uh, a very similar course because it is kind of a lot of the, the same sort of route, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. If, um, so the Scottish Half goes I think it's six kilometers before it joins up with pretty much the Edinburgh half route. Okay. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, a, a stretch of the coast that I'm very, very familiar with now. Yes. It must be, it must be a common training ground as well for you now that you know, and you're so close to it, you must go out there and think, where can I take off a couple of seconds here, a couple of seconds there, because you're down at one hour and 32 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so again, that feels mental, doesn't it? Like I don't, I want, to, I don't want to say it because that feels like that scary basis. <laughs> what's the if you're focusing on your on your your half? What's your goal? Um, so I would love a what sub one thirty. I yeah. think that like I don't know why we're all obsessed with round numbers, but <laughs> <laughs> um, a sub one thirty would be very nice. And, you know, between us and whoever else is listening, there's like that little little bit of me that's like looking at a sub-128 because that gets you a championship place in London Marathon. And wouldn't that be sweet? Like, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. But four minutes in a half marathon is quite – that's quite a lot, isn't it? I mean, I'm saying this. I'm <laughs> – I know that you're probably going to smash like four minutes out any minute. Like you're probably going to smash out uh, four minutes. I mean, I took four minutes off my 10K and I could go faster again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but like when you're kind of like, you know, there, there comes a point where you, you naturally reach a plateau, right? Because yes, you have, yes. you have to. Um, so four minutes feels like a monster amount of time to take off, but it mm. also doesn't feel unachievable. You almost have to change your work-life balance to overcome that plateau then yeah. where it yeah. becomes less of a hobby and, and more of a, you have to dedicate a lot more time to achieve the the sub 128, which, oh, yeah. but at least if you're aiming for a 128, that's, yeah, it's four minutes, but then aiming for that goal could easily get you the, the sub 130. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's there's no point in not going for a good goal, right? Correct. Yeah, like yeah. the worst thing that happens is you don't get it. <laughs> yeah. And there's always, and you've had that mental throughout the whole conversation and through everything we've talked about, you've had that mental resilience to just keep getting faster and faster and faster and knowing that you can go faster in yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, we will see. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's always, there's always the, per, the there's always a point in trying. Um, and I think as long as, you know, we don't define ourselves by what our time is and yes. more define it by the amount of effort we put in to get what we want, then I think that, that that's an absolutely fine kind of goal to be aiming for. Great. I think that's that's been really good. I mean, uh, other you, so you've got your goals for half marathon, you've got your goals for marathon. Do you have events that you're aiming towards in the future? Are there specific events that you would like to tick off and uh, do you want to do the majors do you, or are you just quite happy to to continue to chip away at these times no matter where the events might be um 
I think in terms of like where to take off the times, I don't really have any. But have I told you about the Paris Olympic marathon? You did. So you told me about the app, didn't you? you? Said download the app and you can get potentially into. Yeah, you you. I think you were the one that told me about that originally. Was it? Yeah. Yes. So right. So so anyway, super excited. It's basically like a glorified ballot, right? Let's. Yeah, I could go into a lot. <laughs> I was I was at um so it was EH three miners like Chris's um group that he runs, and I was at the pub with them, and it was it felt like like I was being sponsored by this Paris Olympics. The amount that I was trying to sell this app to everyone, <laughs> I was so excited by it. But you, um, yeah, so you like you signed up to the app. You over, you do two different challenges and then you pretty much get put into a ballot to run in the mass participation Paris Olympics. Um, and I was quite lucky that I signed up quite early. So I have now got a place. Um, so I am, that's kind of like one that I'm really looking forward to, but I'm not going to race that one because it starts at nine o'clock at night. Um, and, you know, it's, the first time the Olympics has ever done a mass participation marathon, that is a marathon to be savoured and not to be like... It's like, a memory maker more than a, a goal breaker. Exactly. Um, but other than that, I don't actually have anything that I'm, I'm signed up to at the minute. I think what I'm, I'm going to do is over winter, focus on trying to actually do some speed work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't like that I've now got this recorded that I said that I was going to do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm going to focus on some speed work and then come ne the start of next year, start working on that half marathon again, hopefully with that speed work like behind my back so that I can start training at those faster paces that I'll need to like get down to the sub 130. Bearing in mind where you told me about the app was at the Inverness half marathon this year. Was it? It was. I got the P. I got my PB wearing the kilt while having COVID. Um, yeah. And two years running, we bumped into each other. I think without planning, we bumped into each other um, at the the podium, getting a photo taken. Oh yeah, right enough. Um, are you coming back up for it? Because oh, we both know how quick that <laughs> course can be. It's it's a weird one, isn't it? Because the profile isn't that kind. No. But. Because you get most of your elevation in the first, what is it, like first six kilometres or something? It's a pretty brutal start. You start off fairly flat. You then have a very, very small rise as you come around the bridge to then go back on yourself. As soon as you hit that, in, on that doors road, you've got to go up mm. that, um, what they, they oh. do call it, the puke hill or something like that. Yeah, it's very accurate. Um, but like, yeah, as long as you're, as long as you don't, destroy yourself on that it is a really quick course isn't it's, it? it is a really quick course i i actually passed quite a lot of people going up that hill in the kilt and got a lot of abuse shouted oh, at me um, I, bet they, I bet they loved seeing that they, they? They, uh, yeah a lot of people hated that yeah <laughs> but then you're right the, the course gradient that at that point it's like you almost get a third into it and then you've got this horrible rise, which continually goes up until you get to the secondary school. And then you've got a, a small uh, amount of, of respite, I suppose, from it. it. It goes flat again. You've got a little kicker and then you're downhill to flat again. So if, as long as you're sensible about it, it is a, a Jace, the Edinburgh runner. He came up 
this year as well um, and absolutely demolished his PB at it as well. So, I mean, there's proof throughout the field. Other other people come from a long distance and it's the mm-hmm. same with the, the Baxter's 10K. They're, it's a it's a it's the same course but in reverse you're mostly going downhill um people come a long way to run pbs there so um that'll be good that'll be great we won't say um where we're going to be at what times because we'll end up bumping into each other again but uncle lee is going to be there he hasn't told me that well maybe i've just let the uh cat out of the bag but (laughs) he meant he did mention it on friday he mentioned it on friday right sweet cool Um, so we'll have we'll have to have a little social get together. Um, and being that we've just launched the cult, um, I'm sure I'm sure there will be a a little bit mm-hmm. of a, a catch up there. So mm-hmm. otherwise, what else is on the bucket list before we finish off for your running or anything else sports related? Oh, anything else on the bucket list? Um. I don't actually, I don't actually think so. I think I like this idea of doing more international marathons just because they take you to places that you wouldn't otherwise bother going. (laughs) Would that then be because you're so quick getting good for age uh, at the the majors and getting the six star finisher before it becomes like a crazy eight to 10 star finisher or... Would that oh, be like make a good point? Maybe I should. Yeah, yeah. Do it before it becomes a a, a, a massive octopus of a of a, a challenge, or would oh. it be events like the the one that again Lee did? He although he did the half marathon, but like the Midnight Sun marathon. Yeah, I think that sounds like the World Majors is really cool, um, but I think that it would be much nicer to go to these places and just see some really cool places and kind of have running almost as your excuse for being there so yes that midnight marathon that looks absolutely like incredible to do um but even ones that's just like well okay i have been slagging off ultras right (laughs) 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 there's some really nice looking mountain ultras like across like different islands and things like that but like yeah i can see those and i'll be like yeah that looks really nice to do and you're so you're still got got age on your side as well to to smash <laughs> out your goals and then uh, as you get towards uh, uncle lee's sort of age, sort of age of, of mm-hmm. really appreciate ultras and just gradually work your way into them we can get him the running zimmer frame for his <laughs> well his, his arms running out of space to put metal tattoos on so um someone has to take over for him <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> oh well i mean at that point i'll I'll draw a light under it but that's been that's been amazing sarah to have you on and um it's such a varied chat to to have your whole story there and and the, the coming back from from being physically broken to to being uh a glitch in the matrix uh to to, to use that reference once again um, it's been truly inspiring i think for a lot of people listening well thank you for having me on that was that was good fun and we'll have to have you back as well once we uh once we get your time down a little bit more (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much cool what a story and what a lady i'm lucky enough to be able to call sarah a friend 
But when Lee, Uncle Lee, good old Uncle Lee, sent over the mini bio on Sarah's behalf because she wasn't quite sure what to put down before the recording, I was honestly blown away by the position she found herself in with the sledging accident to where she is today. She's such an inspiration and that is such an inspirational story to prove that no matter what life throws at you, there's always a way to overcome it and move forward if you have the right mindset and drive. Be sure to let us know what you thought of the conversation and give Sarah a follow if you want to see more of the amazing strides she makes on a daily basis, getting faster and faster and all the events that she demolishes. Next up, we have the man who is number one for many of the running community's list of supportive and motivational people to be around or connected with for episode eight. With the previous guest to the Press Play and Run podcasts, Bob the Kilsyth Runner Battle. This will be the first non-pre-recorded episode I'll have done in a while. Set me up nicely to knock the final three episodes out the park. So I'm a little bit nervous actually, but getting back into doing interviews live or at least close to the release date and everything that goes into making sure the episode is top notch. Remember to let me know who you would like me to shout out and show appreciation to in the next episode either in the Instagram story that I'll be putting up or dropping into the DMs. If you want to be able to follow us though and all the general sort of ideas, I know I covered a little bit at the beginning, but you can follow us at the point 99 podcast on both Instagram and Facebook. If you want to follow me, I am Mr. Underscore Steve underscore runs, but drop into the DMs. As I say, let us know what you're thinking. If you want to check out the website, it's thepoint99podcast.com. We have links to Spotify. We have embedded players for all the episodes. We have a little bit more information about the show, about me. And we also have links to the merchandise. You can also use the contact form there, um, which will drop into our emails. But you can also just drop us an email at thepoint99podcast at gmail.com. But that's it from me today. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. And no matter what you get up to between now and episode eight, whatever you've got on the cards for this weekend or the week ahead, I hope you stay safe, enjoy your runs, and you will hear from me soon.